welcome to Brain Fog Podcast. This is your host, Tia Wood, coming at you a day late because, as the name of the podcast suggests, I do have fibromyalgia and I've never been into a car accident, but the past few days have felt like what I assume what getting into a minor car accident like, the few days after that feels like. Do you know what I mean? Like, whiplash, like, you were kind of knocked around, like, beat up, but not so, not like the actual, <laughs> welcome, but not like the actual impact of someone punching you, like, <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, I haven't been feeling super good. That's the explanation. I also quickly wanted to apologize <laughs> greatly apologize for the audio of last week's episode as I, it was funny because as I was editing, I was like, you're so stupid. If you'll notice, if, what? If you noticed, I said in the episode that I don't have headphones on while I'm recording, so I don't know if it sounds bad until afterward. And recording a podcast just takes so much energy out of me. So the thought of having to re-record it, I'm like, I'd rather lay in traffic, right? Wow, lots of traffic and car analogies going on in this episode. That's stopping now. Okay, so this week is just going to be a Q&A. Um, like I said, not feeling super good, so I don't want to get into anything that's going to get me too heated or, you know, I, I have no subtopics. I, I've done one Q&A, I believe last year, or it wasn't my first ep- yeah, it was the first episode of the rebranded podcast. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll do a Q&A every month or, and I, you know, now here we are a year later. Uh, all the questions are centered around spirituality, wellness, and, like, sobriety. Oh, I do have a quick... Actually, never mind. I have a... <laughs> I broke my sobriety, but it's not... Like, don't be sad or anything. Don't be worried about me. It was intentional, and it was experimental. I'll probably save that for next week, or... I do want to make an entire, like, either video or podcast about being sober, so I'll probably talk about it there, but, um, just full transparency, I was six months sober, and then I intentionally broke sobriety one time. I'm back to being sober again. <laughs> it's, this is a whole story. Again, don't be worried about me, but that's, you know, I'm gonna say that I've been sober for six months just to make the conversation a little bit easier, but that's, that's the transparency. That's what's happening. It's just, it's honest, you know, recovery isn't always a straight line, you know what they say, and, um, you gotta try new things, see what works for you, not something that works for somebody else might not work for you, and, you know, vice versa. Okay, anyway, so that's what the questions are going to be surrounded around, Okay, let's just get into it. I asked you guys on t TikTok, Instagram, and the YouTube community page. If you don't follow me on those places, definitely do that because I ask you guys questions all the time. I do polls all the time. Also, the Brain Fog podcast at Brain Fog Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Just to be involved if you want to be involved in the podcast and what I talk about and all that stuff. Okay. Oh, it was also, like, advice. I was like, you guys can ask me advice. <laughs> All right. I keep telling myself I'm moving on from my ex, and every time he hits me up and makes me... Every time he hits me up and makes me believe he's changing. So I believe... So I believe him, and the same thing happens every time. I'm going to shout out everyone's username, but this person asked me to keep them anonymous, so I will do that. I... First of all, it's not your fault. 
um, people can be very manipulated, manip- manipulative, and people can be manipulated. Uh, it says nothing about you. You know what they say, like, anybody can join a cult, like, anybody can be convinced to join a cult because just as humans, our brains are, like, silly putty, and we can be easily manipulated, and it's not your fault. So, that's first of all. And it is manipulation. Uh, if you, you know, know in your heart that this person has their problems or whatever, and then they just come in and, you know, it's a cycle. No shame to you. It's, it's gonna be okay. Uh, I also asked these questions a few weeks ago, or maybe even longer than that, so hopefully things have gotten better for you. The obvious thing to say is to block them, to cut off all communications, even if you need to have someone else do it for you. Like, uh, recently my friend broke up with um, or broke off a relationship with somebody and and they didn't have the strength to, you know, block the person and, and delete pictures off their phone and stuff. So we all got together and we passed around her phone and like <laughs> deleted photos and blocked people. And, you know, so if you have a support system that will help you do that, because uh, I understand it can be really hard, I would definitely ask them if they will do that for you. It's, there's really no way around that. I know a lot of people will be like, will think that's not a big deal if, if they don't block the person or if they don't, or if they still talk to them casually. I really, I truly don't believe if you are in that kind of situationship with somebody or in a toxic relationship with someone, you have to cut off contact. There can't be balance yet. Maybe after a while, after you've healed, you can have some sort of a friendship if you want that with that person or... Uh, at least unblock them and see their stuff on social media. But at first, I would definitely say in almost every situation, that's what you have to do is to just cut off communication, cold turkey, and just don't. Uh, So that's what I'm going to say. And even if he tries to email you, I think you can block people on email. So oh, I need some water. Water. So professional did not get a glass of water before I started recording. Hold on one second. The other thing about, you know, cutting them off, why that's so important is because clearly this person knows what to say to you to get them, to get you to go back to them, right? They know your weaknesses, they know what you want to hear, and they will tell you whatever you want to hear. So, yep, that's really all I can say is just to cut them off, and I think things will get better from there. Best of luck. All right. ABD9310 asks, do you ever feel really down about the whole COVID situation? Not, not so much. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to be selfish for a second and please hear me out. I don't mind the whole lockdown thing (laughs) because I, it's strange because before COVID, I was a total workaholic, uh, not by choice, you know, times are tough. So I was working 50 plus hours a week and, you know, also doing my social, like I was working a full-time job and I also had my social media stuff. So I was just going, 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 going. And I always said that like, I have no time to breathe. Like I am so overworked. I am burnt out. I'm exhausted. And I'm sure that's how a lot of people felt. Um, be careful what you wish for, I guess, because then I, all of a sudden had all the time in the world because I lost my job and, you know, like many people am being forced to stay home and, um, not being forced. 
by my own choice, I am staying home and I'm still social distancing. Despite many people not social distancing, I'm still social distancing. You will not see my ass out unless I have to or it's safe and following all the guidelines. Hold on. One more water break. I'm not a person where, of course, I miss going out sometimes. Like, I miss just, like, going places just because I'm bored. Like, I used to always go to Barnes and Noble or, like, bookstores or witch shops and just go there just because. And obviously now I'm trying not to go anywhere unless I have to. And it's like, do I really need to, like, go and, and touch, touch a bunch of books and be there for no reason? Like, no, right? So I do miss that aspect. Um... Not, you know, I miss not having a reason to do things, but now I feel like I have to justify every place I go to because I kind of, I personally believe I do have to justify because, you know, if you don't have to go anywhere, I think it's better that we all just keep everything limited for now, obviously. Um, you know, vaccines are rolling out. Let's hope that that helps things and... Obviously, I'm down because people are dying and this is completely devastating the country and other countries and people are losing loved ones and this has been such an incredibly hard year for so many people. People going bankrupt, you know, uh, losing their house, their place of living and, you know, losing all their money and it's been horrible. Of course, that makes me feel down and I, you know, you feel powerless. I mean, I hope where I where I can, but... It's horrible. And I feel so incredibly blessed that my life hasn't been... I mean, it's been very much affected by it, but not negatively. Like, we are surviving. And I'm so, so grateful because I know not many people can say the same thing. So, I'm... Uh, yes, makes me very sad. And I think about it all the time. May Kali 99 shout out bestie. How to change to be a better person. And how do I stop being lazy and stick to workouts, etc.? Okay, um, that's interesting. Why do you think you're not a good person? Of course you are. I think the key to being a better person and just living a better life overall is self-awareness. Self-awareness, I could go on forever, man. Just being, just being introspective and knowing yourself and how you feel about things, how your actions affect other people, and just being really conscious of that. I think it just makes you more empathetic and it's redistributes your priorities to be, you know, more things that mean more to you and affect the collective, you know, more. And yeah, I would say self-awareness is the key to being a better person. Um, and then there's like the, you know, <laughs> the obvious stuff like donate, volunteer, like obviously. But then again, like those don't necessarily make you a good person. You know, doing a good thing does not mean you're a good person necessarily. How do I stop being lazy and stick to workouts, etc.? I will say it's very hard right now to not be lazy just because it's so easy. Like, it's so easy to be lazy. I'm I'm supposed to be working out every day because of my fibromyalgia. But I I mean, I guess I do have kind of an excuse because I'm in pain. But like, it's just, I could, why would I why would I go there when I could stay here in bed? Like, it's so easy. So give yourself credits, you know, and when you do, when you are able to get out and work out and do your thing, then give yourself a round of applause because that's very hard in this time where it's so easy to stay home and, and do nothing and postmate all your food. I say postmate. I've never postmated because I live on the East Coast, but it helps to have a planner or an agenda or something to write stuff down. They say you're like 40% more likely to do something if you write it down. And I definitely 
feel that. Like, I feel like if I write something down and I don't do it, I just feel so bad about myself. So that's what works for me. <laughs> like, if I open my planner and I see something from the day before that I didn't do, I'll like write it again. Like I'll repeat it. And sometimes I'll have the same thing repeated in every single box for like an entire week. And it makes me feel so bad about myself until I actually do it. So like, um, yeah, just write down like gym or like this workout every day or like, you know, legs these days of the week and abs this day of the week and, you know, shit like that. Yeah, so I think writing things down definitely helps and maybe, like, setting an alarm, you know? I mean, not everyone's a morning person, but they say, like, you're a better performer overall, like, in the morning. So try working out, like, early if you haven't tried that before. Just, like, try something different. If whatever you're doing right now isn't working, like, if you try to work out at 7 p.m. and you don't have the motivation, then try doing it in the morning or vice versa or... If you find it hard to work out without eating first, then eat first. Like, just, you know, if whatever you're doing is not if working, then try something else. And, like, keep doing that until you find something that works for you. That is my main uh, thing in Majika. This person wants to be anonymous. Tips on, tips on staying sober around friends who normalize drinking slash drugs. So I, again, like there's been a pandemic, I haven't really been going anywhere. So it's not, I haven't had much exposure to this. I haven't gone out like with anyone really like that. Um, I've been invited to bars, not because like they're insensitive. They're always like, you know, you don't have to go. (laughs) I understand if you don't want to go, but like we're all going. So I just wanted to extend the invite because I have awesome friends and I appreciate it. Uh, But, like, I'm not going to purposely go somewhere where the main focus is going to be people drinking. Like, I personally, like, it helps me to not go to a bar or, like, go to a party where, like, they're going to be drinking and that's going to be the main thing, you know? And, like, it sucks because there's obviously, like, FOMO and, like, if your friends are big on drinking, maybe that's all they do. But, obviously, your mental health and you being sober is the number one thing, right? Like, you can't, you can't let your fear of missing out or wanting validation from your friends, because that's really what it is, right? Is validation from your friends cloud or, or get in the way of, like, what you truly value and what you want for yourself, right? So, I, your friends should be sensitive to your situation, and if they are your real f- friends, then they will create situations where you're not going to feel uncomfortable. Like, they're going to want, they're, just tell them, like, I don't feel comfortable, you know, going to bars. I don't feel comfortable being around you guys when you're drinking and stuff, so sometimes can you not drink? Or you know, can we have, like, a sober night, like, for me? Just hang out with them when they're not doing those things, you know? It also, like, obviously, it depends on your level of self-control. If you can be at a bar and it doesn't bother you that they're drinking, then, I mean, kudos to you. I can't fucking do that. I would not have the control. I think it's also when you make a, a lifestyle change like that, like going sober, it doesn't necessarily have to change your whole life, but it is kind of a big change. And when when you make a change like that, your priorities are different. You view things differently. And if you don't have friends that are at least understanding, like, like if you're, you're saying that your friends are kind of big on drinking and they're big on doing drugs, like maybe 
you'll come to realize that you don't have that much in common with them anymore. Like, if that's something big that they do and you are just not interested, like, maybe find a group of sober people. Like, I'm sure there's, like, forums and stuff or there's people you can meet um, that are sober who will hang out with you and you don't have to worry about stuff like that. I'm not saying, like, fuck your friends, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, if they're not even going to be sensitive to your situation, then I think that says a lot. You know, they should... They should care that you're sober. They should be encouraging of that and not just constantly, you know, maybe that's just me. But if you can't handle being around them when they're drinking and doing drugs because you feel like you might, you know, give in, then remove yourself from the situation because that's the most important thing. I feel like I didn't make any sense, that whole thing. So, sorry, um, (laughs) but, (laughs) okay, next question. Vienna sacrificed her cup interesting name. What are some things I can do to help me at the beginning of my spiritual journey? Very interesting. Um, things that can help you. I would definitely say, like, learning and reading books and, you know, TED Talks and stuff from spiritual teachers, like Ram Das. I learned a lot from Eckhart Tolle. I've read a bunch of his books. Definitely recommend The Power of Now. Um, Stillness Speaks was awesome. Sadguru, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Abraham Hicks, if you're interested in the law of attraction, you know, just there's a lot of like spiritual teachers uh, that you can learn from and who will give you more insight and, you know, different ways of thinking about things and you can come up, you can decide for yourself what, what you want to believe in and partake in always, you know. If you're interested in learning about different religions, I love, I mean, I love doing that. I love researching different religions, religions and learning about people's, you know, cultures and spiritual practices and, um, you know, being inspired by those things or um, just learning, just learning about things and gaining a better understanding of the world. So yeah, definitely just learning, learning, learning. Just absorb all the information you can. That definitely helped me a lot. That's what I would say. Oh no, I cut off this person's name. Oh, I know who it is. It's Jess Solon. (laughs) Tips for feeling connected to the world around you at a spiritual level. I dissociate hard and I miss feeling connected. I definitely deal with this same thing. I, I deal with dissociation sometimes and anxiety and uh, it's very disheartening, you know, once you, I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but once I started my spiritual journey, I did start to feel this massive connection to the world around me and to the people around me. So when that's taken away, even for a little bit, it's like very disheartening. So first of all, just keep in mind that it's it's all temporary and you will of course feel that way again especially when it's like dissociation, usually doesn't last too, too long. Uh, hopefully, I mean, I've had cases where it's lasted days, so it, I, it can be very scary, but it's all temporary and you will not feel that way forever. So I love, obviously, mm, I, I don't want to recommend meditating if you're dissociating. I feel like that will make it worse. Uh, grounding, like going outside and getting fresh air and letting like the wind hit your face. I feel like that helps me a lot. And if you can go outside and ground yourself, like, you know, grounding being just, uh, what? Letting your feet, (laughs) letting your bare feet touch the ground, like the soil, grass, whatever, just standing, like grounding yourself in nature. Uh, and then of course, if you can like go for a walk or like go sit on the beach, like just being in nature, I feel like helps me a lot. Just seeing nature just exist as it is. I feel the most connected when I do that. It's like a little bit of stimulation, you know, to kind of hopefully get you out of that dissociative state. But, you know, mostly just be patient with yourself and know that 
you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be okay. I feel like the feeling, the pressure of like, oh no, I have to feel connected. I have to like get back to where I was. That can make the dissociation even worse. Like it just makes you even more anxious and then you spiral. If you have to distract yourself a little and not be super spiritual for, you know, a day or whatever, and you have to sit there and eat junk food and watch Netflix, then you do what you got to do. Everything's going to be fine. You know, spirituality isn't this, like, it doesn't always have to be, like, crystals and, you know, walking barefoot on the, in the sea and, <laughs> and meditating. Like, it can, it's just, just being. Like, spirituality is just being and existing, if that makes any fucking sense. So don't think too much of it. You're gonna, you're gonna be fine. Another question about sobriety. How do you, uh, Christine says this, I'm moving on to YouTube community. Wow. See, we're already going downhill. 24 minutes in. It's all right. Let's keep going. How do you become content with sobriety and how did you learn sober coping mechanisms for your emotions? Personally, if I get any kind of upset, all I can think about is smoking weed. So this I felt in my, in my bone marrow because that was a big reason why I was binge drinking because it like, you know, I was using it to, you know, self-medicate with me being in pain and stuff. Nothing was working. So I would use it. I would drink whenever I felt pain, which was all the time. I would drink whenever I was anxious or depressed about my situation. And then it it just gets out of hand from there. So I definitely, definitely relate. And that's also why I had a drinking problem. Sober coping mechanisms for my emotions. So honestly, something that might be weird that helped me a lot is learning to sit with being uncomfortable. Because the whole thing with drinking to help cope with your emotions is it's just a way of escaping your problems. It's, I don't want to think about it. I'm just going to drink and then it's it's going to go away and I don't have to deal with it for now. I'm just going to push it away. I'll deal with it tomorrow. But then you you never end up dealing with it, right? You just keep drinking and drinking and that's that's the spiral, right? So instead of doing what I would do when I would drink and avoid the problem, I would just force myself to sit there and be in a bad mood, be anxious, be scared, be angry, be sad, depressed. I would just force myself to sit with the feeling. It's definitely hard and really uncomfortable and really fucking awful, but it conditions you to just be better equipped to handle your emotions. Your first response isn't to run away from them because you can handle it. You know, like once you sit there and you're like, okay, I'm okay. That's the main thing that has really helped me is just sitting with the feeling and being uncomfortable and doing the exact opposite of drinking. (laughs) Like that's literally the exact opposite of drinking. Also, uh, CBD, if you haven't tried CBD yet, I usually, I mostly use it for my fibromyalgia, but it definitely also helps with my anxiety and CBD, any, um, mindfulness practices. If you have any of those, definitely pick up meditation. Meditation has helped me so much through my, you know, sober journey. Meditation helps with so many things, you know, it helps with anxiety and pain and stuff. So when you tackle the root of the issue, you don't feel the need to run to alcohol to fix the problem because you're like already kind of working on the problem. Does that make sense? Definitely you know, if you're not sure what's causing you to feel those types of emotions, if you don't go to therapy, if you losing steam, guys, losing steam. Okay. <laughs> like I keep trailing off and all right. Yeah. So definitely just, you know, tackle the root of the problem and understand why, why you 
want to drink when you feel those emotions. Do you know what I mean? Like, it could be that you're trying to distract yourself. It could be for another reason. Just figure out why. And I feel like knowledge is power. And once you can identify what's going on, it's so much easier to, it, it doesn't have a hold on you anymore. You know what I mean? So definitely um, therapy, introspection, mindfulness, sitting with the feeling, all of those. Gabby asks, how did you find peace in spirituality? Spirituality has, has changed the way I think about a lot of things. Like, the first thing that came to my mind just now is I'm no longer afraid of death. Uh, I used to have this big fear of death and I don't so much anymore. I respect death. I respect death. I'm not going to be going and doing anything crazy that's going to get me killed, you know, because I respect death, but I don't fear it the way I used to. And that's probably because I believe now, you know, when I was an atheist, I didn't believe in like souls or anything like that. And now that I do like believe that we probably do have a soul and a consciousness that will exist beyond this reality. I, I find it hard to talk about this stuff without something super crazy, you know, because like in my head, I can say whatever I want, but when I say it out loud, it's like insane. Uh, I, I do believe in a u- universal consciousness, you know, we're all one, like that type of shit. So that, I guess, it brings me comfort. It makes me, it makes me less judgmental of people because I see myself and everybody and, um, it sounds so narcissistic. I don't mean it like that. Like, I am empathetic of everybody because I, I do believe that we're all trying our best and, you know, there's a reason for everything and since I'm more empathetic and less judgmental towards other people, I feel better about myself and about the world and being okay with the present moment, you know, a big part of my spiritual practices is, is being present and not living so much in the future or the past and just accepting things as they are. These are all things that have helped me a lot in life and helped me be okay with things that used to really plague me and upset me and, and just rule everything. So it's brought me peace in a lot of ways. You know, I feel I feel more connected to nature. I feel more connected to myself, like my true self, to what I believe is my soul and to to source, source energy, God, the universe. Yeah, without getting too, too into it, because <laughs> people have their opinions and it's something that's personal to me. It's, it just has made me be more okay with the world and with my situation and my life. That's really the only way I can put it. All right, so moving on to TikTok. Khalil4 asked a bunch of questions. First one, do you believe in contraception or following slash tracking your body's natural cycle? I love this question because it's something that I've only started thinking about kind of recently. So do I believe in contraception? Of course, I believe contraception should be available to everybody. And there's obviously so many reasons why somebody would be on contraception, whether that is to control your periods, you know, make your periods more regular, or you have maybe really insane period symptoms that are hard to deal with, or you get cysts, or whatever the, whatever reason you want. No one needs a reason to be on contraception, right? Like, I believe everyone has the right to not want to get pregnant, and it can be used for you know, so many good things, right? Uh, I mean, with that being said, definitely 
be careful because there are lots of side effects and you might have to try different ones if you're considering going on like birth control or anything just like be careful i have been on birth control literally ever since i was 14 years old i haven't really had a break i've just been switching between like birth controls and stuff and I just recently made the decision that I'm going to be going off of them just because I I have struggled a lot with being in touch with my femininity and it's something that I have suppressed so much in my life. Obviously, you know, because of the patriarchy, like anything feminine is demonized and I actually, if we're getting real, I had like kind of a gender crisis you know, for, like, two years, just considering, like, oh my god, am I, am I a woman? Like, am I, like, just thinking about it, and I've recently come to the conclusion, or not to the conclusion, you know, obviously gender is something that it's constantly, it's, it exists on a spectrum, it, it can change at any time, you know, but as for right now, this is how I feel. I believe I've just suppressed my feminine side so much because to you know for validation from like men um my whole life like to the point where I literally thought that I like wasn't a, a woman like it's it's something that I'm still working through anyway the reason why I started talking about that is uh I do want to start getting my period again because I haven't gotten my period in like I said like so long like I have how do I say this? I've not gotten my period more than I have gotten my period ever since, like, I hit puberty. Does that make sense? So, uh, I want to experience that, and I think it, with my belief system, I believe it is a very sacred thing that happens to women and to other people, to anybody who menstruates. I think it's beautiful, and, and I'm so grateful to be able to have a period, right? Because so many people don't and wish they could and, uh, you know, whatever the situation is. And I'm very grateful that I, and I want to be more in tuned with it. And um, there's actually a lot, like, if you menstruate, there's a connection between, like, menstruation and, like, the cycles of the moon and, like, seasons, you know, from the year, of the year. And it affects you a lot more than you probably think. So I want to be more in tuned with that. I want to learn more about that. And just be more, I guess, connected. I don't want to say connected to nature because it, it sounds like I'm, I don't think not being on birth control is better than being on birth control. You know what I mean? I don't want to ever make it sound like that. Like, it's better to be pure and natural. Like, no, everyone's situation is different. For me, that's what I think is better for me right now. And, you know, it does have to do with my spirituality and my religious, religious views and stuff. So, yeah, so I am, um, I am getting off of my birth control and I will be tracking my body cycle and living more, you know, through that. And because, you know, it's, it affects you so much, right? Like when you're menstruating or you're a menstruating person, more than you probably realize, like you really should be behaving, working, doing everything differently, depending on what stage in your cycle you're at, you know, and I'm excited to be more in tune with that because maybe my life, I'll have a better hold of my life and I'll be able to feel better and feel more connected and because I'm living the way I, I guess, quote unquote, should be according to my cycle, you know? I don't know. All right, I'm going to stop rambling about that. Yes, I believe in contraception. I believe in both. I believe in contraception and tracking your body cycle. What is something you have learned about yourself since becoming more spiritual? I... I learned that I was trying so hard to be like a, f 
like a free thinker. Like I came from a Roman Catholic family. You know, most of my family is very religious. And, you know, when I broke out of that because it just doesn't align with how I feel and what I believe in. And, um, it was definitely stifling because my church specifically was like very like stifling. They were homophobic. They, they were awful. So um, I definitely don't, you know, to be out of that. I think I thought that being an atheist somehow made me like, this sounds so fucked to say, but if I'm being honest, I thought that being an atheist made me like smarter. I thought I was smarter because I wasn't like, I wasn't, you know, just going along with what other people believed and like, you know, I needed facts to believe something. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being an atheist. But I was using it as a way to, like, validate myself and feel better about myself. Does that make any sense? So when I realized, like, I do believe in things that may not have any, like, proof or or rationale, I guess, uh, or not, I believe they're rational, but other people probably believe that they're not rational. And, you know, having faith in something that you can't see type shit. I realized that for so long, I was just trying to seem smart and cool and just not being myself. And when I started to accept that, no, I do believe in a higher power and that doesn't make me stupid. And that's just, that's just a part of me, you know, at this point in my life. And that's okay. I was definitely using my atheism to feel better about myself and I and better than other people. It sounds fucked. It's, it was fucked, but you know, we grow and we learn and it wasn't something that I was consciously doing, but I was doing it. So that's something that I learned about myself and that I cared way too much about being validated and being viewed as smart and being viewed as, as rational because again, you know, women are deemed as irrational. So I just wanted to seem really rational. And I will also blame that on the patriarchy. <laughs> do you believe in keeping aspects of your life private, like off social media? I definitely do. I have, I'm a very private person. I think I keep a lot of my stuff off of social media. All of my DMs are closed because I don't, I just can't, I can't, I used to have like strangers DMing me all the time. I'm just, I can't, I'm not comfortable with that. And I like to have a lot of boundaries with social media. It is called social media. So it is supposed to be like for connecting and for sharing your life. I just, I can't fall down that hole. You know what I mean? I feel more comfortable having a lot of boundaries and I, I do keep things very private. It might seem like I, I do post a lot, but there's a lot of things you guys don't know and, and a lot of my life and myself that I don't show people and just cause I like, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm a Scorpio, very private person. Uga Booga said, how do you keep going when you feel numb and hopeless? I don't give myself a choice. Okay. Let me, let me rephrase that. To me, there is no option. Like there's, you have to keep going. You have to. I think it's a quote from the Bible actually, but it's like, all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed and you will be okay. And I think about that, like, as long as I, f I have a teeny, tiny, like teeny, teeny, tiny, tiny, tiny size of a mustard seed hope, then I will be okay. And that is all I need to carry me through this hard time. You know, I've, I've also been through a lot. I've had a lot of trauma. I've had 
I've had a hard life, I think. Obviously, people have had it harder, but I've been through some shit, guys. So I understand that life is full of, it's like a roller coaster. It's full of ups and downs. And whenever there's a down, there's always going to be an up. And then there's going to be a down again. And that's just the way it is. And it's so hard. It's so hard, but there's just no other option. You gotta keep holding on because I know that everyone has that tiny bit of faith that things are gonna be okay. And if you don't have that for yourself, I have that for you. Oh my god, that's it. Oh my gosh. Okay, I definitely made it longer than I thought I would. I am so, like, I'm gonna fall over. So... Thank you so much for sitting here with me and chatting, and I hope you don't mind that this was more of a, like, personal type episode where I talked more about myself and stuff. If you have any more questions for me, definitely hit up at brainfogpod on Twitter and Instagram and ask me. Tune back in next Saturday. I swear I will have it up by Saturday (laughs) because I will pre-record fucking, I don't even, what was I saying? I don't know. Okay, I will talk to you guys next week. Goodbye. (laughs) 